everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are flashing back to 2010 as the flashbacks continue, and we are talking about Mark Romanek's Never Let Me Go. Is this movie, let's see what it's rated. I would say it's it's probably properly-ish rated. And it's definitely underseen, I feel like. Mark Romanek hasn't made a movie since... What gave it an R? Kira Knightley's boobs. I also would not subject a child to this movie ever. <laughs> Is it... I don't remember <laughs> like, her boobs. There's two sex scenes. You can... Uh, the second one, that you can kind of see it. But they also pull her uh, liver or lungs out of her. That's pretty graphic. Well, does... Well, I was going to say, does Shaun of the Dead have an R? But it was probably an R for, like, <laughs> language and stuff. <laughs> Nick Frost blows through the pretty quick. That's that's an R for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie, I, I was saying properly rated as a uh, quality-wise. Oh. <laughs> and I was looking at the ratings on Letterboxd, and the highest four stars is the most common, or the most frequently for it. And it's got a pretty solid four and a half and five star ranking behind it so i would say it's pretty properly rated probably a little under it's always felt like it's underseen um but well it's because like why would you show this to another person i i wouldn't <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> you guys are monsters because it's a good movie <laughs> i didn't say it wasn't i just this is i'm not gonna be like hey guys you know what you should go watch is grave of the fireflies go watch that go have fun no no I would I'll, warn I'll, you. <laughs> I'll happily watch a sad movie if it's good. Um, yeah, wait till you hear about the other movies I watched along with this one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, gonna be like the road. <laughs> no, no, you should have double featured it with the island by Michael Bay. Yeah, it's the just island like the, and like uh, re- <laughs> the, 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 the inverse of the, just the repo men. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren picked this movie for us, so why doesn't Lauren tell us why she chose Never Let Me Go? Um, if you could just and... go back and cut out what Ben just said about why would you ever make someone watch this and then put it here, that's why I picked it. <laughs> but um, it's like, honestly, I'm, I was kind of dreading you asking me why I picked it because I, like, I have so much trouble actually talking about this movie, and it's like, what is it saying to me and why do I like it as much as I do other than just Carrie Mulligan being like a genius in her performances? But it's like I don't know. I really like it. It speaks to me for reasons. I will say that I um, reread the book this weekend and mm. it doesn't quite get into like something you can't quite do. They could have tried it if the edit, like if they didn't go um, chronologically editing wise. The book does this thing where she's right. It's like she's writing it all down and she'll jump around to be like, well, I need to explain this or by telling or tell you this to explain this and this happened because this and it's just you get this sense of her trying to make sense of her life by going over what happened. And I don't think you completely get that with this movie. You might get it a little bit in her final lines at the end when she's at the tree. Yeah, but, that's what I was going to say. I think the the last lines of the movie gets that across pretty clearly. Yeah, but it's I don't know, but like just watching it, I just she's so good in this movie and I need to go like I'm, I want to go. I want her new movie to come out now so much more, because I haven't had any Carrie Mulligan movies in a while. Though I, there are plenty I need to see on her IMDb list. Uh, did you ever see Far From? Let's quickly go through. Great Carrie Mulligan. Far From the Maddening Crowd. Really good. An Education. Amazing. Yeah, that was good. That's I. The according uh, to the trivia, that's what got her this movie. An Education. 
yeah, and education is how she was kind of her breakout role Mm -hmm. for sure. Pride, I guess she was in Pride and Prejudice before that, though. Yep. But she was baby Carrie Mulligan. But yeah, speaking of um, the Joe Wright movies, with like I watched Anna Karenina in Atonement yesterday along with this. It was like I don't know why I hate myself as much as I do to do that to myself, but. It was a long day. Shame. She is excellent in as well. That might be my favorite performance of hers. It's definitely her most intense. I would say that or an education might be my favorite. She's also excellent in Wildlife, which uh, came out last year and Paul Dano directed it. Stars Jake Gyllenhaal. And it basically came and went and barely even came out. I, I, I unfortunately, I had to buy the blue. I liked it a lot. And I had to buy the Blu-ray from Europe because I was like, I guess the blu-rays never even gonna come out. i don't even think it got a dvd release here and then like a week after i bought the blu-ray criterion announced it was coming out in the criterion collection i was like god damn it which one was that for <laughs> wildlife uh wild wildlife so i don't know if it's gonna i don't even know how available it is to stream still um but it, it's a serious paul and like i said paul dano's feature debut as, as a director and it's it's a really underrated little domestic drama thing with him and her and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, yeah, but she's great. And she was also really good in Mudbound a couple years ago. I don't know if any of you guys watched that. It was on Netflix. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, but you're not wrong. She's great almost every time out. I, I never not enjoy her presence You in didn't a movie. even mention uh, your favorite GIF movie, The Great Gatsby. She's also great in that as Daisy. But yeah, Carrie Mulligan. I, I don't know how I ended what... I mean, I, I was seeing everything when this came out, but... I just I mentioned this last week. I distinctly remember seeing the movie for the first time because I was blown away by it. Um, uh, I I wouldn't change a thing in it. I I give this movie five stars. I put it in my top fifty of the last decade. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it just the first time I saw it, and we have two people who saw it for the first time on here today. So I'm gonna get to them as soon as possible. But I just remember being bowled over and not knowing anything about it going in. I didn't know, like, the sci-fi elements to it, which I love. Um, and I think Romanek is just incredible at directing the an amazing script by Alex Garland, and who I was aware of his work um, going into this. So I remember being... I think him and Romanek were the big reasons I was drawn to it, outside of... Um, liking Kira, Kira Knightley a lot, and um, yeah, I mean, the, I think the world building uh, and the sci-fi nature, and then just like you said, the performances and the the, the story just just rolls over you. And um, even though it makes you not feel the best, it is just there's nothing I would change about this movie. So yeah, what did our newcomers to this feel about it? We already know Ben feel actually Ben. How about you finish since you've already kind of touched on your sad lettuce levels? So if you haven't gotten a chance to look at my letterboxed review, it's just a Wikipedia link to the word sadness. <laughs> I managed to make it a good portion of this movie, like being depressed, <laughs> but like not tearing up. And it's like it's the the it's shot really well. The music is great. Everyone in it is phenomenal, um, no matter how little they have. Like, Sally Hawkins is fucking great. Uh, and I assumed there was going to be some kind of love triangle that was going to be, you know, sad. 
And I feel like I had this movie pegged pretty early, I thought. Or it's like, oh, you know, it's going to be Andrew Garfield's going to get together with Keira Knightley's character and Carrie Mulligan. Once the Sally Hawkins is just kind of like, yeah, they're going to, you know, you're not going to live into adulthood. They're going to, you know, or not far into adulthood. Your organs are going to be used for other people. And I texted Lauren, like, wait, vital organs? <laughs> what the fuck? What is this movie? <laughs> and I still held it together. And I was like, wow, this this is just a really awful, sad thing to sit through. But I'm okay. I'll be okay. And then Kira Knightley, uh, when her character is just like, I thought about you every single day since I last saw you. That's when I broke down and I had to walk away for a few minutes, like cried myself, cried, cried to myself for a little bit. And then I came back and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. And then I made it probably another five minutes and I started crying again. And the ending just absolutely devastated me, even though I knew where it was going. I knew it wasn't going to end happily. I knew she was going to get her notice. And yeah, like, you know, four out of five, but this movie <laughs> is fucking depressing and I will never watch it again. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I won't. John? I think th- this movie kind of uh, spoke to me on, in two different ways. Um, first of all, I think for whatever reason, there's a bit of anglophilia in me in that, like anything that's British, like I kind of just like thoroughly enjoy. (laughs) And there's a deeply British tone to this film. And I don't just mean because they're all like British actors. Like there's like with the score and with the the tone and the um color palette and just i don't and i don't know like i it's it's weird to say but it's like there it, this is it this feels like a deeply british thing or like something like maybe something you would watch on pbs at night like my parents weren't like it wasn't a, like a huge thing in my family growing up but we definitely watched a lot of like Keeping up with appearances. I was like, keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no, um, and as time goes by with Judy Dench and uh, that one guy, I forget his name, and just other things that we would watch, just like that was like pretty British. I don't know. I just, I just always kind of felt a deep affinity for, it. and so like th- that part of this film just really spoke to me. But when you when you look at the film like on its own just like as a piece of artwork it's weird because i i watched it in two separate parts and it's hard to say but i feel like this film goes by incredibly quickly yeah i can agree with that and and this like it's it's strange because it builds up so much character backstory and kind of weight an investment in these characters despite it going by really quickly and so like by the end when when it got to like the very like the most poignant points i was like yep nope i like it wasn't like a full-on waterworks i think because uh one i was expecting it and two also the trailer gives away a lot of this movie, unfortunately. Like, I remember when this movie came out, watching the trailer and be like, oh, this looks so intense and really good. Um, and unfortunately, some of the best parts of this movie are kind of ruined based on that. Um, 
but yeah, like it's very poignant and it's it's just it's it's carried by the weight of the story and the performances. And it's not like the characters are doing anything like particularly like extravagant or like out of left field. They're just deeply human performances. And I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's it creates a it creates a sense of pathos that like I I feel like I haven't seen or experienced or seen portrayed um, in a film before at least not one that like I comes to mind very very quickly so yeah um, yeah those, those are my thoughts <laughs> so you liked it <laughs> I mean two Kira Knightley sex scenes 10 out of 10 <laughs> no I'm kidding that was my <laughs> that was my frivolous comment that was Surprised you didn't speak up when Zach was talking about it earlier. It goes by so quickly, not the sex scene, but um, it just made me think of in the beginning. <laughs> well, yeah, but when they're kids, there's that scene where they're having like sex education at the school. And like what they don't tell right. you in this movie uh, is that like the, all the kids are sterile. But um, mm-hmm. like just looking at the board, because it, it went by so quickly, I was like, wait, what are they learning right now? And I went back and looked at the board and I thought it said it said something like it was like diagrams of sex and organs and all that stuff, basically. But it's like it said testes, but I thought it said tusks. And I was like, <laughs> damn, sex was weird in the 70s. <laughs> Silly cursive handwriting. Well, I, well, I think and I think the the, the pacing and the, the briskness of the film or its feel just it adds to the whole kind of like the life is fleeting mm-hmm. message of the movie like it's just it's gone so quickly and god damn it man <laughs> this fucking movie i don't even i was kind of surprised this time Ugh. it's been well i guess i watched it a couple years ago i think before that i hadn't really watched it in like a since it came out maybe but i was kind of surprised this time not with how sad it may be, but how angry I got watching this. Because, like, the characters themselves, they never question what's happening to them. And, like, I was getting angry because they weren't getting angry at anything. And it's like, why didn't... Did anyone ever try to run away from the situation? Or they never asked, like, why is this happening to us? They just accepted it. And I don't know why. It just made me so mad. But, like, not... Like, in a good way. That I don't know. It was a good... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain. But it's just I like, mean, that's one of the most interesting things about the movie. Is, and I'm kind of happy they don't dive into yeah. it. Like, they don't try to explain why... How they're so pacified and never want to... Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that's just, like, speaks to the world building of the movie. Yeah, it's agreed. just, like... The, all these people... T- will do, totally they're just... They're just... Yeah. They're basically happily ready to do this. And, to, like, like... Like, Andrew Garfield is, like, borderline smiling before he died you know yeah. like and part of that is because he's with kathy but also he believes he's invincible to this kind of like he's like i'm he has the line i'm really good at um i forgot the the in-world word word Don- but donating yeah. you know i think you just said i'm really good at being a donor yeah the, but i like the contrast of that to Kara knightley who figured it out you know and like yeah that's true she does have it, some rage moments in there and she's like, yeah, she's just like, yeah, they don't tell you that that often when you, they learn a lot of people complete on the first donation. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, they never really tell you, know, like, so that that is a window into how, how manipulated these yeah. 
clones are. Yeah, I, I also really, that uh, reminded me of the scene where she gets so angry about um, when they don't find her, uh, I forgot what they called them now, like her, her original. Original, original, like, yeah. That's one time when we get to see some rage come out at everything because she was just mm-hmm. so upset that they're modeled off of, what she's assuming they're modeled off of trash. That, yeah, that's that's another great level just wrinkled into the world is how how like how she she just wants to the the rumors you know and she's the one who's most inundated with all the gossip and rumors but like she so wants it to be true that at least if she's this is going to be her life then she's going to at least be came from somebody who was better mm-hmm. and had a better you know and just like yeah. somehow that gave her more hope even though it really has no effect mm-hmm. on them yeah yeah but i think that the tone of the movie and the script too is just great at the whole movie you're coming at it from the their perspective of the world which is just so intentionally naive to what is actually mm-hmm. happening and yeah there's just so many great touches throughout that just hint to them and i i, I do feel this time what you were saying with kathy trying to figure out what they're all trying to well i should say andrew garfield what's his character's name um um tommy 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 is the most naive of them all but i i could feel kathy and uh karen knightley's character both really trying to figure Mm -hmm. i think they are trying to try rightfully trying to figure things out and i i don't think it's a knock against tommy that he doesn't figure out out but then it makes his you Mm -hmm. know when he finally puts it all together and loses all that hope that yeah, that, that know, bit that, where he's yeah. just screaming outside yeah. the car. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. It's like, in the end, ugh, what's the point the anyway? It's like, so sad. Yeah. I think, I really think it's cool that this film and, like, it was appropriate that we were watching this film when I think shows like Devs and Westworld and we're, re- we're revisiting the themes of what does it mean to be human and I still need to watch both of those. Um, I yeah, I still need to watch Devs as well. But I've been hearing really good things. Oh, it's um, fantastic! And even like b- the sequel to Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I think it it it's it's interesting that we're that this film came up in our watch schedule when it did because one, first of all, we're seeing these questions. They've always been asked, but they're being kind of revisited now in modern visual media. But then we're also having this national conversation around when we're talking about with COVID-19, the tension between wanting to keep everyone safe and uh, halt the spread of the virus, but then also people who desperately need to go to work in order to make a living and that kind of thing. And they are they are more influenced by those fears and those worries. And there's and peep and because of that, people are coming out and saying like, Honestly, if we like lose like people who are older, it's like not as tragic. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, what are we, where are we with our conversation about what it means to be human and what it means to have dignity and inherent worth? And so, I don't know. I just, it, as I was watching this, it made me think of those issues that are going on right now a little bit more Mm -hmm. as well. I think it's interesting that you bring up the, the British feel of this, you know, and, like you could see a, that society being more passively, you know, like the idea that they could just accept this and kind of move on. Like, sure, they've been trained and taught this is what you're supposed to do with your life. That this is the this is the the British version of that. And like, 
the island is like the American <laughs> version of it. Like, no, fuck you, we're gonna fight back, and you know, it's just like with lots of explosions. There yeah, lots of explosions and stuff. You know, it's, yeah, Americans um, have the rum springer where they interest- go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's an interesting contrast that you brought up, that both of those movies are centered around... The same kind of... The, yeah. the same idea. And I guess that they're both... The characters are both searching for the same thing, you know? They're trying to understand who they are and what their place is in this world. But the, the roots of taking it are just... Co- the cultural sides come through in both of those. Also, the original story was written by a Japanese man. Mm-hmm. Which also was something I found very interesting, too. I do feel like I imagine this movie or this story might be better experienced in the book. And Lauren, you, you're, I guess you can mm-hmm. speak to that, um, how, you, how you felt about that. But again, like the movie was super effective in creating this pathos, but at the same time, it moved really quickly. And I, I wonder how much more effective it would be if... Uh, those moments with the characters were kind of slowed down and a little bit more we just got more chance to spend with them well yeah like i was saying earlier with just the book it jumps around a little bit more although maybe i don't know it's still kind of broken up in this though but like just because of how linear this one is it does it does carry the story like faster and does i don't necessarily feel as contemplative watching this until like afterwards as with reading the book i felt it throughout i mean obviously i'm going to come with the perspective of the movie but i don't know i feel like the movie does leave I, I, it's interesting you did them so close together i imagine the contrast it, it de- the movie's definitely going to feel less fleshed out less than the book but i i mean i think the the movie has in the script has such a good balance of i still think it's a strong adaptation for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you're knocking that adaptation, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying from a just a movie going standpoint that it the movie doesn't try to overcomplicate the characters yeah. with long speeches. You know, it it gets everything across very efficiently, and it does with while still leaving plenty of room for you to contemplate and um, sit with what these characters are mm-hmm. feeling and thinking. I think. Yeah. I think I appreciate just thinking about it now. I do appreciate, like I was saying, just I was mad that they didn't get angry earlier. But I do definitely love that they went for more of a nostalgic look with her looking back at her life instead of being angry with it. Because it makes it bittersweet, even though it's just like so tragic. Well, I mean, their life is their lives are terrible, mm-hmm. but they're the only ones they've ever yeah. known. It's, they don't get into it as much with the movie, but that scene when they're um, meeting the... I forgot what her name was, Madame Madame something, I don't know. But Mm -hmm. when they're talking to them at the end, those, the two people, it gets a little bit more into it with the book where there was like this whole movement of like, actually, it was like, it's kind of like grass fed cows, basically. They're like, oh, this hailstrom was more humane to the children. And they were trying to, Mm -hmm. with the whole proving they have souls or anything, just like, I don't know exactly why they did it other than just like, hey, maybe we should be nicer to these organ sacks but a lot of the other places like it was more of a people wanted it to stay like out of sight out of mind they didn't want to think about where the organs were actually coming from and basically they were just like farm raised children that like didn't actually have any um it wasn't like a school where they were raised to be like have relationships and kind of experience love or anything it's like just all the worst thinking about it that way it feels like their uh, infrastructure, though, for how they harvested the organs could have used some work. Mm-hmm. Like, she had a notice that she had to be there in a month. 
And it's like, shouldn't it be more specific? Like, so she's just on call for that month and then you take it from, shouldn't it just be gradual? Shouldn't there be waves of like, so by the time you, your first two are things, you know, a kidney here, a lung there, and then you can, then you use that guy. But then I guess you could argue potentially that the rest of their body's deteriorating because they've been malnourished with everything else, so maybe they figured it out they've been doing it for 40 years i guess by that point at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was about to say zach trying to defend his thesis for his master's in public health here's how the organ harvesting and never let me go should have been organized in this paper i will should, should we talk about our biggest cry what our biggest cry was should we i don't know i haven't i don't think i've cried since i saw them in the movie in the theater um the first you just time. don't have a soul i don't know i think usually you have less of a soul than the clones. I think usually, I mean, Andrew Garfield gets me all the time at the end, but it's like, I feel like the most part I get hit the hardest when you see um, Ruth just on the table. Like, they didn't even have the decency to close her eyes. It's like, she's just treated like mm-hmm. a slab of meat. I think, yeah. So upsetting. Yeah. Same thing, the way yeah. they way, the way yeah. they grab Andrew Oh, yeah, his Garfield, neck Tommy when they're just wrenching the it around. Too, it's just like, yeah. yeah. When they, when, like, when Kira and I at least think, too, it's like once she's dead, they just kind of, like, put everything down and are just like all right let's go yeah you know, they don't even like cover her up don't do anything they just like leave this mm-hmm. open corpse lying there oh that, that's what makes kathy so interesting too though is that she's basically able to do the same thing even you know like with her i guess she's not watching all of her patients mm-hmm. but you know like she has that great moment with that person and you know is anticipating seeing her on the other side of the surgery and she's just like all right i'll sign the paperwork yeah. for you man i don't i don't understand how anyone could be a carer <laughs> that'd be so depressing well maybe it's out of like some of them would probably choose it out of fear to you know yeah, yeah you just, or just you know you get to be the one nice thing lives. that the other people experience because no one else is going to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> no i think that's why uh kit Kathy does it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan's <laughs> Kathy. Ha! Yeah, got it. I think that's going to do it for Never Let Me Go, since everybody wants to not wallow over it. <laughs> everybody here thinks it's a great movie, good to great movie, though. To be fair, I wallowed over it for a good two days, okay? <laughs> I've done my, my necessary I've thought about it wallowing. for a decade, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Now you gotta watch where the wild things are in its entirety. <laughs> I need, I need like a good six no. month grace. See, period. by the time I got to this movie, <laughs> I was so raw because like I watched Atonement right before this one. And if you want to get me crying, watch that movie. Ugh. What's tough about this film is that it doesn't have like the last comment or the last lines by Carrie Mulligan are awesome and deeply profound, but they like. It doesn't hit as home, like it doesn't hit home as as much as films like Shawshank with the with the I hope monologue um, and uh, Goodwill Hunting with the it's not your fault. Um, although I, at the same time, like you were saying, Ben, like Andrew Garfield just like going out on the road and losing his shit. Is, yeah, like as he's usually like the most chipper character of all these like people who yeah. know how awful their fates are gonna be oh i don't know i feel like Karen that's that's when all hope just is like gone yeah i feel like the end hits me just because it's that through line that they like 
um, Ruth talks about earlier how she did what she did just because she was so afraid to be alone. And like Carrie Mulligan's talking about that kind of at the end as well, because she's like, she's thinking about like, like everyone has to feel the same way, right? It's not just us that feel this awful mm-hmm. and like just, it has to be a whole, like we have, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's like, I just appreciate that dealing with loneliness. <laughs> Next week, we are flashing back to 2000. To review to Ben's favorite movie, movie ever of all made. time, <laughs> Gladiator. Uh, oh, Gladiator! That DVD movie I makes me cry. <laughs> it's not a question. You will be entertained. You will cry. Right? But yeah, we're doing Ridley Scott's Gladiator, uh, Best Picture winner. Walking Phoenix kind of broke out in this one, kind of. I mean, he was around before it, but he. Uh, I think he came a little bit more of a household name with this movie. But um, yeah, classic action swords and sandal epic from 2000. And uh, I look forward. Has, we've all seen Gladiator, right? Mm-hmm. John. John. Like, I don't know how I've I've definitely seen parts of it. For <laughs> sure. um, which means I've probably seen it all and then either fallen asleep or forgotten some of the other moments they didn't let you you couldn't watch it in toronto that's why he hasn't seen it not available for the longest time (laughs) kyle hadn't seen it because his brother loved it so much so he didn't watch it despite him he finally watched it it. it's like it took you long enough yeah it's like my brother and i were actually talking a couple months back we found out that our mom has not seen gladiator it's like we are failures as sons we need to we need to are you gonna make her watch it for this rewatch does she get the thumbs up or the thumbs down (laughs) i can't remember didn't they actually do that wrong in the movie I don't if know. I remember correctly, thumbs up is meaning to like drive the sword through mm-hmm. uh, the chin and the head, oh. and thumbs down is to put your sword gotcha. in the sand. Like step. So yeah. Hey, we we've we've modified the meaning of the thumbs up since these times, so I'm I'm okay with the change. Um, so yeah, go watch Gladiator, and um, until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com. And you should rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Apparently it helps. <laughs> I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Road. Uh, I'm Jonathan Rahul. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Gladiator. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.